0: Listeners, and welcome to Counter Melody. It is I, your host, Daniel Guntlach. and as always, I'm committed to bringing you the voices of beloved singers, often focusing on unexpected facets of their artistry. You'll also be hearing less celebrated but equally treasurable artists who deserve our attention and respect. I'm honored to have you join me on this ongoing mutual journey of discovery. And now, without any further ado, let's get down to today's business, great singers and great singing. Dear listeners, sometimes words fail, and all that one can do is be silent in the face of great artistry. I bring to you the great Heather Harper. was just a young thing beginning to explore music. There were two records that starred the Irish soprano Heather Harper that captured my attention. You just heard an excerpt from the first one of those. It had the very uncatchy title, Origins of 17th Century Venetian Opera. But within it, it had miraculous performances of music by Monteverdi and Cavalli, conducted by Raymond Laparte and sung by the tenors Gerald English, Ucraino, and the soprano Heather Harper, and that was one of the highlights. It's Cavalli's O delle mie speranze from his opera La Doriclea. A few years later, I became intrigued by the conductor Pierre Boulez. And, of course, he made a number of recordings with Heather Harper. The one that I loved the most was of Berg's Seven Early Songs. I have featured that on a previous episode. I'm not going to play from that today, but instead I'm going to play you from a second release on which Heather Harper is featured, again with a very uncatchy title. This one was Landmarks of 20th Century Music. Oi! but again, this record contained Heather Harper singing the most difficult music of the Second Viennese School with such ease and deep expression that even my young ears could perceive what she was doing. Here's a setting that Alban Berg did in 1925 of the Theodor Sturm poem Schließe mir die Augen beide. This was composed using the 12-tone technique and was published with a contrasting version of the song that Berg had written in 1900. Heather Harper sings them both with the deepest expression. If anything, the more complicated the idiom, the more graceful and expressive her singing. Paul Hamburger is the pianist. Heather Harper has also earned her place in history as the singer who created the solo soprano part in Benjamin Britten's War Requiem. I think we all know the story. The Russian soprano Agalina Vishnevskaya was denied permission to leave Soviet Russia to participate in the premiere. With 10 days to spare, Britain engaged Heather Harper who, even at this early point in her career, was a crackerjack musician. Here she is singing the Sanctus and Benedictus from the world premiere performance of the War Requiem at Coventry Cathedral on the 30th of May, 1962. Heather Harper was born on the 8th of May, 1930, in Belfast. Her primary musical interest was initially piano, and that was her subject when she studied at the Trinity College of Music in London. Singing was taken on as a secondary interest. She studied voice with Helena Isep who some of you may remember or be aware, was also the teacher of Janet Baker, a close colleague of Heather Harper's throughout her entire career. For those of us who know something about the career of Heather Harper, it's a shock to realize that her operatic debut and her first professional appearance was as Lady Macbeth in 1954. This is not a part that one would associate with Heather Harper. And in fact, after the very first years of her career, she rarely, rarely sang any Italian opera. But in 1975, she did record the Verdi Requiem with Carlos Paita, the Argentinian conductor and the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Here is the a cappella choral section from the Libera Me, the final section of Verdi's Requiem, with Heather Harper and Carlos Paita leading the London Philharmonic Choir. By contrast, I offer you a recording from 16 years before of Heather Harper singing Fairest Isle from Henry Purcell's King Arthur. This is music that we associate much more closely with Heather Harper. I think you're beginning to hear the enormous variety of tonal colors that she can summon, and the different musical styles with which she is extremely conversant. Anthony Lewis, who also conducted Janet Baker's legendary first recording of Dido and Aeneas, is the conductor here. Heather Harper also sang quite a bit of Bach, often under the baton of Benjamin Britten. There is a very famous recording of the St. John Passion in English. I suggest that you look up her performance of the Zerfließe Mein Herze, which is unbelievable. I can't remember what the translation is, but it's a stunning performance. I'm going to offer you something of Bach, but from a different source. This is a rare 1968 recording of the Christmas Oratorio the Oratorium that she recorded in 1968 with the conductor Hans Swarovski. For those who remember such things, Hans Swarovski was a distinguished conductor and also a teacher, and he conducted a recording of Wagner's Ring that was released in in the United States by Westminster records and had some very, very eye-catching, shall we say, images on the cover. For instance, the Valkyrie with the naked woman holding the two hubcaps from a Volkswagen in front of her breasts, which I suppose got the attention of many men and boys. and probably more than a few lesbians. I thought it was an extremely poor taste, and that was enough for me. But back to Hans Swarovski and Bach. This is the duet, Herr Dein Mitleid, with Heather Harper and the American bass, Keith Engen, in duet. The aforementioned Herr Swarovski leads the Wiener Symphoniker. Harper was also a divine Mozart singer, that almost goes without saying. Her met debut was as the Countess in Nozze di Figaro, that was in 1977. She also recorded the Countess under Daniel Barenboim, as well as Donna Elvira in Giovanni, Both of those recordings are from the mid-70s on EMI. They're still somewhat easy to find. In fact, I did offer, at the beginning of Season 2, Judith Blagen and Heather Harper singing the latter duet from Baron Boyne's Figaro recording. Today, however, I have two different duets with Heather Harper. Both are with the conductor Colin Davis, with whom she did quite a bit of work. The first is from his recording of The Great Mass in C minor of Mozart. This is a portion of that wonderful Domine Deus duet, which usually pits high light sopranos with more substantial second sopranos, shall we say, or even sometimes mezzos. The recording that I grew up with of this piece was with Margaret Marshall and Felicity Palmer under the baton of Neville Mariner. From several years before that, in 1970, we have Colin Davis leading the London Symphony with Helen Donath, the wonderful American soprano on the upper voice, and Heather Harper matching her beautifully as the second soprano i'm playing the portion where you hear this wonderful exchange between one soprano singing a very high note and then dipping down an octave and a tritone into her low range while the other one sings the high note you'll hear the section it's delicious and heather harper and helen Donath make a wonderful contrast to each other here Now, the second duet that I'm going to offer you from Mozart is from the year 1971. It's a live performance of Idomeneo, in which Heather Harper sings the role of Ilya, which is often given to much lighter sopranos. Think Cotrubas, think Edith Matis. Heather Harper brings a real substance to the part, but she, in this instance, is singing the upper voice. And who is her partner as Idamante but the late great Jessie Norman, who in 1971 was singing like an absolute goddess. It's wonderful to hear the two of them together and a delicious contrast to what we heard in the other duet. Harper also participated in recordings and performances of the big Mahler symphonies that use soprano solo, the second, the fourth, and the eighth. In fact, her recording of the 8th under Georg Scholti won a Grammy Award in 1972. From that same period of time came a recording of the early Mahler cantata oratorio Das Klagende Lied. A few years before this, Pierre Boulez had made the world premiere recording of the three-part cantata that included the long-lost first section called Waldmärchen. That recording, however, did not use Heather Harper, though as I mentioned they worked together frequently. Before that time, the piece had been performed as an unintentional torso with just parts two and three passing as the entire piece. It was in this form that Bernard Heitink recorded the work in 1973, and Heather Harper was his soprano soloist. The story is of two brothers who are both searching for a certain flower that a haughty queen has demanded be brought to her. The younger brother finds the flower and falls asleep under a tree. The older brother finds him and murders him and takes the flower for himself to give to the queen. In part two of the piece, a traveling minstrel finds the pile of bones underneath the tree and fashions a flute from one of the bones. Whenever he plays the flute, it tells the story of the murder. In part three, the wedding of the older brother and the queen is about to take place. The minstrel shows up and plays the flute. Once again, it tells the story of the murder. The older brother, infuriated, grabs the flute from the minstrel, plays it himself. The flute addresses him directly and says, Dear brother, you are the one that killed me. Now my bones lie bleaching in the forest, and you are marrying this beautiful queen. Heather Harper is the voice of the dead brother in this climactic passage. excelled in the concert repertoire, one of her best recordings is with Pierre Boulez of Ravel's Scheherazade. One would be selling Heather Harper short if one didn't think that she had exactly what it takes to make this cycle work. Of course, there are the classic recordings by Regine Crespin and by Janet Baker, but I suggest that this one is not far behind. Listen to the way she characterizes the third song, L'Indifférent, the Indifferent One. Ravel himself often said that this song revealed his entire inner life. The narrator, I've always assumed it was an older man, sees a beautiful young effeminate man coming towards his home and offers him a drink of water and who knows what else. But with a graceful dismissive gesture, the lad passes Goes on his way, leaving the older person to observe him disappearing into the distance. Heather Harper often performed the most challenging repertoire with Pierre Boulez, both in concert and on recordings. I discovered this last week that there is a live version of them doing the Altenberg Lieder of Alban Berg together in a live concert concert from Moscow. I have not yet gotten my hands on it, but I'm working on it, and I hope to be able to bring that to you at some point in the future. Meanwhile, from that Landmarks of 20th Century Music album, here is the third of Alban Berg's four songs, Opus 2. Nun ich der Riesenstärksten überwand. Now I have overcome the strongest of the giants and am making my way home, guided by an enchanted hand. Once again, her frequent collaborator, Paul Hamburger, is the pianist. Now, because I had to work so hard to get my hands on a copy of that landmarks of 20th-century music recording, and because it contains the most astonishing performance of Webern's Cantata number 1, I am going to throw in here one little bit of Webern for you from that record. This is the soprano solo, the brief second movement of that cantata. Kleiner Flügel, Ahornsamen. This is composed to a text by the poet Hilde little winged seed of maple borne by the breeze thou must fall to earth and lie in darkness but then thou shalt rise again to the daylight to the fragrance and the air of the spring from thy earth roots shalt thou rise to brightness Soon in heaven too shalt have thy roots, and again shalt put thy wings out, little maple, which already carry thy entire silent form, the bearer of new life. The conductor here is Gary Bertini, leading the English Chamber Orchestra. a surprise for those of you who think that you know all there is to know about Heather Harper. She was an amazing interpreter of French opera. We already heard her mastery of the French idiom in the Scheherazade. What I have for you here is a wonderful performance from 1970 from the Teatro Colón in Buenos Aires, where she was a very, very popular artist and appeared many times This is the final scene from Gounod's Faust in which she portrays Marguerite. I just want to point one thing out to you that we're going to hear in several further examples. Heather Harper manages to portray the potentially simpering namby-pamby heroines with a great deal of backbone, self-assurance, and great sympathy. This is not a negligible thing. Her colleagues are also at the very top of their game. Nikolai Gedda is the Faust, and his namesake Nikolai Gyaurov is the Mephistopheles. Gianandrea Gavazzini conducts. I hope you enjoy this extended scene. We've not yet heard Heather Harper singing any Handel, and I must remedy that right now. In the mid '60s, the Colin Davis recording of Messiah with Heather Harper as the soprano soloist made an enormous impact. On one of my Christmas episodes, it might have been a bonus episode. I played a portion of her singing the Rejoice greatly from that. Now I'm going to play for you the recitative and the aria from Handel's Theodora. First, the restative, oh, worse than death indeed. And now I'm going to jump to the B section of Angels Ever Bright and Fair and go through to the end of the aria in this 1969 recording with Johannes Somari leading the English Chamber Orchestra. been listening to a lot of Heather Harper singing the most challenging repertoire but I want you to listen very closely in these next two selections first I want you to note that sometimes music that on initial hearing sounds exactly the same is actually very different over the course of a number of years Pierre Boulez recorded the so-called complete works of Anton Webern that were released in a box set. One of the earliest of those recordings was made in 1967 with Heather Harper and Pierre Boulez leading an instrumental ensemble. This is one of Webern's opus eight songs to poems by Rainer Maria Rilke. And this is a song, Du machst mich allein. You make me alone sometimes you're you and then you become a gust of wind or a fragrance that doesn't last you are forever reborn because i have never held you i hold you fast note the deeply expressive response to the text in music that all too often sounds like just notes picked out of thin air From approximately the same period, the late 60s, I have a rare recording of Heather Harper singing the music of Luigi Dalla Piccola. This is his sex Carmina Alcai, six songs of Alcaeus. Dalla Piccola has a much more, shall we say, bel canto approach to music of this style. This is the fourth song from that very short group. It's called Ma d'intrecciate corolle. Now let them place woven garlands about our necks and pour sweet-smelling myrrh over our bosoms. The text Was translated from the original Greek by the poet Salvatore Quasimodo, and Frederick Prausnitz leads the English chamber orchestra. I'm going to take a short break here and tell you that I am producing a bonus episode again today that will feature the remainder of those Dalla Piccola songs because they're so extraordinarily beautiful. I'm also going to include some other operatic roles of Heather Harper's. In addition, I will have two contemporary works that Heather Harper created as well as two more extraordinary Baroque selections, one of which, a very rare recording of the Matthew Passion, just arrived on my doorstep yesterday. This is available to my Patreon supporters. Please consider providing monthly support for the podcast from anywhere from $2 on up. This is the 19th bonus episode that I've already produced, and it promises to be a very, very wonderful one. Please go to patreon.com slash countermelody to pledge your support. In addition, I want to mention that a good deal of the live recordings used today come from the Opera Depot website. I am personally acquainted in a long-distance way with the proprietor of this site, Andrew Whitfield, and I have spent an enormous amount of money (laughs) buying things from his amazing website. He has a huge stash of Heather Harper material, including what we've already heard, the Idomeneo, the Faust, and still coming today, Dialogues of the Carmelites, Peter Grimes, Arabella. And on the bonus episode, I will be featuring excerpts from complete recordings that he features of Heather Harper doing Ariadne of Naxos, the Kaiserin in Die Frauen Schatten, and Antonia in Les Contoffmann. Guys, pay a visit to operadepot.com and you will find a wealth of material. And it's not just on Heather Harper either. I mean, there's a lot of Krista Ludwig. I think there's a Krista Ludwig sale going on right now. And he features free downloads of material, often compilations of a singer who happens to be celebrating a birthday or has just died. I can't recommend the site highly enough. Pay a visit to operadepot.com and give some custom to Andy. You can't go wrong. Okay, we got to pick it up here, folks, because I still have quite a bit of music that I want to play for you. I had mentioned that we were going to hear some Poulenc, and yes, we are. In a 1963 production of Dialogues of the Carmelites at Covent Garden, Heather Harper took on the role of Blanche. The opera had already been produced once at Covent Garden, and this was a remounting of the piece. I'm going to play you a portion of the first scene where Otto Kahr Krauss portrays her father. Meredith Davies conducts the orchestra of the Royal Opera House Covent Garden in this performance from the 14th of October 1963. I would guess that Heather Harper's most famous operatic impersonation and most celebrated was as Ellen Orford in Benjamin Britten's Peter Grimes. Britten himself wrote to Heather Harper thanking her for her portrayal. Thank you for your simply superb Ellen. No one could sing, play, and understand the part better than you do. From a live 1975 performance at the Royal Albert Hall, I'm going to play you Heather Harper's performance of the Embroidery Aria. This performance was conducted by Colin Davis. clearly a lot of power in this voice, but I wonder how many people are aware that Heather Harper actually sang a good deal of Wagner, including the role of Elsa in Lohengrin at Bayreuth in 1967. We are lucky to have a recording from what was apparently a very complicated series of performances, many indispositions dissatisfaction on the part of the conductor Rudolf Kempe, but certainly not with Heather Harper. She coached the role with him before accepting the engagement, and he gave her good advice on how to pace herself to get through the role. Two weeks ago, we heard another surprising Elsa, Victoria de Los Angeles, pitted against the Ortrud of Christa Ludwig. In that Act II confrontation, it was quite clear who the winner was. In this case, Heather Harper is facing up against the American mezzosprano Grace Hoffman. Grace Hoffman is quite a good Ortruth. She's not Krista Ludwig. I had mentioned earlier how Heather Harper had this wonderful ability to bring sympathy to even the most, shall we say, insipid operatic parts. Elsa can certainly be a simpering heroine, but in this case, even in this moment where Elsa is offering to teach Ortrud how to be more trusting and loving, Heather Harper sings from a place of strength, assurance, not smugness. It's a really interesting performance, and she was justly celebrated for it. Heather Harper's favorite composer was Richard Strauss. And I think that's borne out in the number of live performances that we have in which we can enjoy her impersonations of a number of heroines. There are also, of course, her somewhat late recordings of orchestral songs, including the violets de Lieder. Those are very good, but since they're relatively accessible, I'm going to offer you something else instead. Evidently, The Marshalin was her very favorite role, but she never sang it at Covent Garden, and as far as I know, there is no recorded documentation of her in this role, unfortunately. But we do have the next best thing, I think, and that's Arabella. This is Heather Harper's first assumption of the title role. This is the Act Two scene with Mandrika, and it features the Canadian baritone Norman Middleman, who is superb, and Horst Stein is the conductor. I'm offering you a portion of that extended scene in this performance from Buenos Aires on the 23rd of October, 1971. Another composer with whom Heather Harper had a very important association was Michael Tippett. She created a number of important roles for Tippett, including the soprano part in his Symphony No. 3, which is, like so much of Michael Tippett's work, a fascinating mess. If you haven't heard it, I definitely recommend it, but it's too thorny for me to even get into all of that. She also sang the role of Hecuba in his King Priam, beautifully, magnificently. There's also a fantastic recording of that. I'm going to offer you, however, a very short portion of a role which she created. That is the role of Nadia in his penultimate opera, The Icebreak. She created the role at Covent Garden in 1977, and then... Even after her retirement from the stage in 1984, she participated in the first recording of the work in 1990, under the baton of the conductor David Atherton. Tippett's music often seems like the over-earnest strivings of a guilt-ridden, privileged, white, liberal man. There, I said it. I've played excerpts from his Not Garden recently, which is a very troublesome piece, but it has such extraordinary moments. I would say this is true of most of Tippett's work. This is the very opening of the opera, which is a dialogue between Nadia and her son Yuri. They are awaiting the return of her husband and his father, Liev, who has been in exile for the past 20 years. Nadia is dying, and she's remembering back to the very early years of her exile with Yuri. We briefly hear the wonderful American baritone Sanford Sylvan here. And now I've talked longer than the excerpt is actually going to be. I hope you enjoy it. last moment with Heather Harper and Benjamin Britten. She sang superbly in a number of his operas, including Helena in Midsummer Night's Dream, the governess and Miss Jessel in Turn of the Screw, the female chorus in Rape of Lucretia, and the role of Mrs. Coyle in Britten's television opera Owen Wingrave, which she created in 1971. In 1980, four years after Britten's death, Some youthful songs of his, which he had composed as a teenager, were premiered, and Heather Harper was the soloist in these works. I'm going to play the second song for you from a performance with the conductor Stuart Bedford, a close associate of Britton's who sadly died this past February. He's leading the English Chamber Orchestra. This poem is called Sagesse. It is a setting of a text that many of us know as Prison from settings by Faure and Rinaldo Anne. I'm not sure that Heather Hopper sang first performances of any music by William Walton, but she did do a magnificent recording of his song cycle, A Song for the Lord Mayor's Table. That was, in fact, a premier recording from 1972. I think it's a dazzling cycle of which is a tribute to the city of London. This is the third song in a six song cycle. It's called Whopping Old Stairs. This is an anonymous text which tells the sad story of Molly, who is unappreciated by her boyfriend Tom. Why should Sal, or should Susan, than me, be more prized? For the heart that is true, Tom, should ne'er be despised. Then be constant and kind, nor your Molly forsake. Still your trousers I'll wash, and your grog, too, I'll make.
1: Well, Molly has never been false, she declares. since last time we parted at stairs, when I swore that The back-o-box, gave you the back-o-box, gave you the back-o-box, mocked with your name. When I passed a whole fortnight between decks with you, did I ever trousers I washed and his ground
0: After she retired from the operatic stage, Heather Harper was a beloved professor at the Royal College of Music in London and also was the director of singing studies at Aldborough, the Britain Paris School. But already in the 1960s, she was doing her part to ensure that new work was being created and new opportunities being given to young musicians. As an example of this, I have a 1967 recording in front of me entitled Contemporary Finnish Music 2. You may be asking what this has to do with anything. Well, I'm going to tell you. Let me read from the liner notes to the record. In 1967, the Camden Festival in London helped to arrange a competition open to living Finnish composers who were invited to submit hitherto unperformed works to a British jury under the chairmanship of the London music critic Denby Richards. Other members of the jury included William Mann, Music Critic of the Times, Walter Seusskind, Heather Harper, and the Delmay String Quartet who helped to decide on the works they would premiere at the festival in February 1967. One of those works chosen was the short song cycle Three Leaves of Grass by none other than the, at the time, 23-year-old Leif Segerstam. For those who listened to my Jorma Herninen episode, you will remember that Leif Segerstam went on to become, and remains, a very important conductor. At the time, he was still flexing his wunderkind muscles, as it were. He had been active as a violinist and a pianist, and had just devoted himself more fully to composition and to conducting. I'm going to play you the second very short setting of one of these poems with texts from Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass. Lingering Last Drops And whence and why come you? We know not whence, was the answer. We only know that we drift here with the rest, that we lingered and lagged, but were wafted at last, and are now here to make the passing showers concluding drops. Walter Zuskind, with whom Leif Segerstam studied at Aspen, is the pianist here. I wish that we had more documentation of Heather Harper's extraordinary contributions as a recitalist. But I am the proud possessor of a rare record issued in 1974 of Heather Harper singing Beethoven and Schubert Lieder. From that recording, I would like to offer you the setting by Franz Schubert of Johann Meyerhofer's poem Nacht violen, night violets, dark, soulful eyes, it is blissful to sink into this velvet blue. With the radiance of exalted wistfulness, you touch my loyal heart, and now, in the silent nights, our holy union flourishes. Once again, the pianist is Paul Hamburger. Thank you for joining me friends i have taken such delight in bringing this great great singer to your attention as i mentioned at the beginning of the episode we have just recently observed the second anniversary of heather harper's death on april 22nd 2019. one final thing to note about heather harper is that she Sang a great deal of British symphonic and choral repertoire. One can't even begin to enumerate Ray Vaughan Williams, Herbert Howells, Arthur Bliss, and many, many more. As the concluding selection for today's program, I'd like to offer a brief excerpt from the Frederick Delius work called Idol, which was a refashioning at the end of his life of an opera which he had discarded. With the help of his musical assistant, Eric Fenby, he extracted portions from that manuscript that he still wanted to be heard by the world and set them to a compilation of texts by Walt Whitman. These were scored for baritone and soprano. The resulting piece was called Idol, and was recorded in 1968 for the first time by Heather Hopper and John Shirley Quirk under the baton of Meredith Davies conducting the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. These are are the concluding moments of that beautiful piece. The soprano sings, I ascend, I float to the regions of your love. All is over and long gone, but love is not over. Dear friends, keep the song
1: in your hearts, I'm Daniel Gundlach.